White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you're watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. You're listening to the Ballroom Network. The following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. Pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to South Burbs Hitmen. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel. I'm joined by my White Sox brother in arms, Stephen Zim Zimmerman. Our buddy Vinny Parisi will be with us around the 8.30 time after his hockey pregame show for the New Jersey Devils. And our buddy Chris Gonzalez has a previous engagement, but he's with us in Seoul, and I believe he's in the chat room right now. So props to you, Gonzo. Uh, yeah, here he is. These hosts are just sheesh nasty. Yes, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that, Gonzo. We know you'll be with us soon, and you'll be with us for White Sox Weekly later in the show. But we do have a very special guest today, Zim. We're going to be joined by Justin Lee from Bad Guy Radio. He's going to hang out with us the entire show. So, Justin, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, super excited, cleared the whole day for this, uh, circled it on my calendar, I'm ready to go. Hey man, that's uh, that's what we like to hear, man. We love talking White Sox baseball and we know you know your White Sox baseball and that's what we're going to be talking about all night long. But gentlemen, uh, well first off, Zim, I, I forgot to even ask you how you're doing and, and you're living in the Death Star over there still, but how are you? Yep. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm good. Thanks. I, I know you uh, care so much that I'm an afterthought to you, but I get it. We're excited. You know, we have a very special guest with us. Vinny's going to be here later, and we got a lot of good baseball to talk about that we watched in the last week. So nothing yeah, but yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it's nothing certainly, stuff it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly been a week. Uh, our White Sox are six and three, one of the best records in baseball. We were the best record until the loss yesterday. 
I believe we're still up there. I, I have to look to see the rest of the records in baseball. But taking two, taking all three series to start the year against pretty good teams. I mean, Detroit's a much improved team. Seattle's a great team, and of course, Tampa Bay's a great team. You know, so Justin going six and three against these teams to start the season. Uh, how are you feeling when we're when we're banged up at this point? We're still six and three. Uh, I'm shocked, actually. I did not see this coming. I didn't think the boys were going to play that good a brand of a baseball, you know, especially seeing Robbie Ray. You, we seen Casey Mize, you know what I'm saying? We, we seen what Tampa Bay has to offer out of the arm barn and we weathered the storm TLR, the goat, the hall of famer prepared. That's us, right. And we're sitting atop the central and it's not by accident either. No, it's certainly not by accident. These guys continue to, perform it's the bullpen it's it's everyone across the board the offense is getting done what they have to even with the cold weather and things will change in that respect sooner than later but you know to lead things off today's game got snowed out in cleveland uh not it's hard to believe i know we're in the middle of april it happens every year um but you know we we dodged a shane Bo- we dodged shane bieber for one day but he'll be back tomorrow dallas keichel though guys uh had a great start to the season Justin, I know he is a guy that is on your radar big time for success this year. You know, Zim, before we get to Justin's take on on Dallas Keuchel, you know, how are you feeling from what you saw from him so far? And uh, do you think he can stay put with with uh, Bieber tomorrow? Well, that's the question we've had all offseason, honestly. He did not live exp- up to expectations last year, even though – you know, in 2020, he actually looked a lot like the guy that we expected him to. So having a, a good lefty come, especially after the loss of Rodon, it's really big for this team right now. It's exactly what they need. And as long as he can keep it up, like, it's going to be good. Now, it's it's just a, a matter of giving him the, the leash to, to figure out is last season an anomaly or is it the new norm for him? Is he, is he done? Is he cooked or was it just a bad year? He needed to get some stuff right. And we're going to have the Dallas Keuchel of old from here on out. You know, obviously he's a little older in age. He's going to lose some stuff, but in his first start, you know, he had his accuracy. He had all of his pitches working for him. He was able to play mind games with the hitters and get them off balance. So, that's what we need to see from him. Maybe he's just figuring out how to finally work with, you know, the fact that his skills are diminishing. So he has to rely a little bit more on the brain power rather than the arm. Sure. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the year. But yeah, I think, I think he can potentially return to form. And if he does, uh, that's exactly what this pitching staff needs. Yeah. Justin, tell us a little bit about how you're feeling about Dallas this year and you know how he can bounce back in a big way well uh i'm a american league stan i love the american league that's my brand of baseball what dallas keichel needs to get back to is presenting pitches now last year he got in trouble with nibbling too much he was around the strike zone but he never really presented any strikes so when you're throwing cotton balls at 88 to 90 miles per hour that's that's hittable pitches. You cannot survive in the majors pitching from 3-1, throwing that soft, pitching from behind. I think what he's doing well this year is he's getting ahead of hitters. 
He's changing the eye level. And as a, a soft tossing lefty, you have to figure out how to get to a guy's back foot. That is where you make your money as a pitcher. If you look at Clayton Kershaw, you look at Chris Sale, those are lefties that could get to a hitter's back foot, especially righties. I think once Dallas get back into a rhythm of throwing consistent strikes, then he could go outside of the zone and get guys fishing again. I think in his last start, he did a brilliant job staying in rhythm, staying in, uh, staying on task. You know, keeping runners at bay. He was only he was only pitcher holding runners accountable at first base on the whole staff, and it made my boy Yasmani Grandal look like a top five catcher instead of a top three catcher that we paid the big bucks for. So uh, I'm looking for a huge year at a a diamond dally. Okay. Because the accountability in that clubhouse, that means something, you know, he's a grown man. He's won his Cy Young. He's won his world series. He's not going out like no chump. He's going to make the South side great again. Yeah. I, I love what I'm seeing out of him so far. And I think uh, the confidence is something he lacked the second half of last year. And I saw it big time. You know, he really only gave up that one home run that was that was bad. And outside of that, he calmed down his nerves. So I'm looking forward to see him go up against his Guardians team. Obviously, we got to wait now until tomorrow because the rain out or snow out, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Cleveland is not the team they once were. They've got a couple of exciting guys. Uh, one of the guys is a guy that Tony should take note of and our buddy Gonzo. Uh, always reminds me of this. Maybe they'll finally pitch around him this week, guys. When are they going to pitch around Jose Ramirez? This is a guy that always smokes us every time. I don't care if you walk him. I'm, I'm waiting for Gonzo to say it in the chat, but Justin seems to agree with me. Yeah, no, like you don't play around with the only proven hitter in that lineup. If you look at Cleveland's lineup, it's Fran Mil Reyes uh, and Jose Ramirez. Those are the only two guys that I could pencil in to beat me, right? Why mm-hmm. am I throwing Jose Ramirez strikes? No, he's not going to destroy me. He's not going to beat my brains out for a weekend because I want to bite the bullet and, you know what, just give him some room service. No, I'm not doing that. You you pitch around him and move on to the next guy. I, I would rather the Sox pitch to uh, Stephen Kwan than uh, yes. <laughs> Jose Ramirez. Trust me. And, yeah, and, and, and Kwan may have had a hot start to the season, but, I mean, at the end of the day – we all know who's going to come after us in that lineup, and it's Jose Ramirez every single time. There's a reason he got that big giant contract he just signed. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's uh, he's a guy we got to watch out for. Yeah, uh, uh, Gabe wants us to make sure we, we walk him. Yeah, we Gabe walk. knows the scoop. Walk him, just walk him. <laughs> Chris Gonzo's just all he's riding the seats train big time. He's like, I yeah, I'd let's yeah. go after him though. You well, let your yeah. you let, let your him. big pitchers go after him, but like I mean, our bullpen needs to stay the heck away from him. Like, I mean, if, if Sunday's game was any indication, like sometimes the bullpen just needs to realize when they're beat and and work differently. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Ramirez, like I, I I'll say go after him. Go after him if you know two outs or or bad situ- situationally, I should say, you know. But if if there's runners in scoring position, if it's late in the game, if you yeah. really can't afford to give up a run, yeah, maybe maybe face the next guy in the lineup. Yeah, you don't let him. You don't let him hurt you. That's for sure. Um, 
But I'm looking forward to this series against the Guardians. I, I just kind of want to see how we stack up against them, especially since we see them so much throughout the course of the year. Uh, it's weird saying Guardians still. I don't think that's ever going to be nice coming off the tip of the tongue. But Never. We've had <laughs> two major sports teams change their name in the last few years, and neither one of them picked very good names. That's, that's yeah, all the I Commanders and the Guardians. It just, yeah. It's just they, they, they feel like um, – uh, video game create a team you know my team name's better in in mlb the show than it is anywhere right? else i mean like, my let, team name let, in mlb the the sh- name them that's right my mlb team name in the show is big chungus you can't get much better than that can't they just go ahead and name them the cleveland big chungus or something i don't know but anyway <laughs> uh, i digress <laughs> looking forward to the guardian series you know, forget my silly team name. It's also what I call my dog. He's a big Great Dane, and I call him Big Chungus. It's not really his real name, but that's beside the point. Uh, but let's talk the Rays series, gentlemen. Zim, what did you did you like what you saw in this series against the Rays? Uh, obviously, not a high scoring series, but these are two of the teams that I think are the cream of the crop in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I did and I didn't. Um, you know, the first two games, there was a lot of good stuff to take away from. Uh, the the first half maybe even a little more pretty much up until inning seven or eight of the third game was even good baseball good well-played baseball and unfortunately uh vince velasquez kind of showed his colors in that first inning the rest of the team you know tried to battle back as best as they could and unfortunately just a a couple badly timed hits you know for the good guys just i mean really rubbed their face in it. You know, we, we had some weather concerns that I think took away several, several hits from the Sox. You know, Tim Anderson had a home run stolen from him. Uh, Yasmani Grandal had a home run stolen from him, uh, as well as another couple of uh, incredible athletic plays by the Rays defenders in sure. that series. So, um, but the Sox stayed true to themselves from what we saw early in the season, which I really did like. You know, they they forced the issue. They made the other team make a play. They forced Tampa to play their brand of baseball. And that's why Tampa actually won the third game is because they started playing Sox-style baseball. They played that third game the way that LaRusses had our Sox playing the other eight games of the year. And yeah, I think that's just really cool to see our own strategy used against us. And it wins because it shows that what the Sox are doing is winning baseball. Like it's going to work in the long term. It sucks that it got used against us in that one game, but let's see another team do it sustainably. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's funny because if they piece that game together and if they don't flub that game in Detroit to start the year, this team's eight and one. Yeah. I mean, we're not far off from eight and one. I have a lot of hope with this team, but you know, Justin, what did, did you like what you saw from them against the Rays? Um, I'm just curious what you thought about the series and specifically what you thought about Jake Berger's performance. Well, uh, Jake Berger is the reason that I'm I'm actually happy to be a White Sox fan right now, even though we're 6-3. I'm really proud of him because he's come a long way from injuries. You know, he talks about mental health. He's doing a podcast with his lady now. So I think we're seeing Jake Berger's you know, professional career and personal life come full circle. Yeah. Uh, I actually predicted his home run against Tampa on Apple TV. Yeah. And, um, you know, it made I've, got a, so I've got a clip. I've got a clip of that. So you're going to cue it up. Cue it up for me. Yeah. So like 
Jake Berger, he's amazing, okay? He's a right-handed power bat, loves the ball up, okay? And Tampa pitched him right in his happy zone, and he did not miss the pitch. I was so excited because you love to see guys have success like that, you know? Like... It's a pretty good one as the first pitch swing for Jake Berger. Deep left, back, and it's destroyed. Make it a quad for Berger because he's coming home on the first pitch that he's seen off of Drew Rasmussen. White Sox double that lead 2-0. Give a, a special shout out to Michael Kopech too. Justin, real quick, uh, the audio cut cut you off when the when the video played, so I didn't actually catch any thing you just said. So if you want to just backtrack right. for a minute, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was going to cut you off. Uh, usually, uh, we don't really root for Jake Berger on Bad Guy Radio, you know, because he's you know second and third on the depth chart at third base. But watching him have success hitting a home run, you know, uh, contributing to two out of three against a really good team in Tampa. Uh, that that was good. You know, that's a feel-good story. And I think he does have a spot on this team. Definitely. Whether Moncada comes back, what what have you, you can use a Jake Berger. You can build off of his success. It's a good morale boost for the club. And I was happy. And, you know, uh, another thing, too, Michael Kopech. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, he, pitched a, uh, he pitched a well of a game. Now, the strikeouts, they, it wasn't prolific but he kept the game under control. He didn't lose his nerve mentally. Everything stayed between the lines. So that Tampa series showed me what I have right now. And that's all I could ask for. We're 10 games into the season, for Christ's sake. I'm not asking for no World Series, you know, contender. I'm asking you to put together a season to at least get me there with all the injuries, with all the adversity, you know, it was great. That Tampa series was great. I think that's the best we've seen Michael Kopech, and I'm excited for what we get to see out of him the rest of the way. Uh, real quick, mm-hmm. bringing it back to what you had to say about Jake Berger, I'm going to use that to briefly plug a future show. On May 2nd, we have Jake Berger's better half, Ashlyn Carmella, joining us on the show. So Ashlyn Carmella will be on the show talking Jake Berger, what it's like to be the uh, significant other of a major league player, and to talk about Jake's up and da- ups and downs, uh, going to be a killer show. Had to sneak that in there. Yeah, it was like an alley oop off the backboard, you know. I know. I was like, man, he even he even said about the podcast. I'm like, you just cued me up right there, Justin. Appreciate that, man. Turned him um, into a big Jake Burger guy. Big Jake Burger guy. Yeah, bigger burger bombs. Uh, but again, sorry for cutting you off with the video. I I I didn't realize it was gonna. I tried to unmute you, whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's let's dive a little bit further in here, guys. So we talked about the race series. We talked about the Guardians. You know, I, I just got to ask how you guys are feeling overall about our bullpen because um, – Oh, boy. These guys <laughs> – there you go. There's the big oh, boy. Now, with the injuries we have, I, I'm not going to lie. I was worried to start the year, um, but they they've – been pretty solid for the most part. I mean, there's a little bit of ups and downs, but um, for the most part, I'm not feeling too bad about them. You know, Steven Sousa, guys, Tanner Banks, guys that you didn't expect that were going to be here are making a difference on this team. And I kind of think uh, Tony's clubhouse mentality has a little bit of something to do with that. Zim, how are you feeling about this bullpen? And um, who's your bullpen MVP this far? 
Man, uh, I mean, the easy answer is Bennett Souza because he's just he's been a phenom out of the bullpen so far. Yeah, he's been but I mean, nasty. yeah. Um, who was I watching? Man, I cannot remember who it was. I, th- I want I want to say it might have been Ruiz. He um, looked nasty the other day. He, Army he of changeups. He was doing something where he had some serious spin on his balls. I mean, his spin rate looked through the roof just on the TV. I'm like, if I'm noticing this here, I can't even imagine what it looks like coming in a, to a batter. I mean, overall, though, I'm I'm very happy with how this bullpen's played out. Um, they're young. You know, that's something you got to keep in mind. Dallas Keuchel's the oldest guy on this pitching staff. He might even be the oldest guy on the team now that I'm thinking about it. But most of these guys. Tony La Russa is the oldest guy on the team. Yeah, he 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 doesn't put on a glove. <laughs> and counting, yeah. Joe. Yes. No, I know. I don't know what he is, 76 or 77, but God bless him. Anyway, sorry. But I mean, the number the number of guys on this team that are, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the roster right now. 1993, 1995, 95, 96. You know, the, the age of these guys, they're younger. They're, they're hungry. They're fresh is the thing. And with freshness means it might get shaky. It might get a little dicey in the second half of the season. Once there's some scouting reports on these guys at a major league level, once we start seeing, you know, how teams adjust to these guys for right now, it's really, really promising. And as long as Ethan Katz does his job and and does his own self scouting of these guys and, you know, kind of helps them work to their strengths and, and keep the batters uh, guessing a little more, keep them on their toes. Like, this team shows a lot of promise. There's a lot of upside and a lot of things to look forward to with this bat. Uh, excuse me, with this bullpen. Yeah, Justin, I know you've been talking a lot about Liam Hendricks off off the air. We were talking about Liam and how much of a workhorse he is. But let's bring some of that conversation to the air because I thought it was some good comments that you had to say about Liam. Tell me, tell tell the listeners a little bit about what you said. How he's not just a closer. Yeah, no, he's a reliever. Like uh, what the White Sox did, they got the best reliever available signing Liam Hendricks. And I'm not talking about a guy that you're just going to force into the ninth inning. You can actually use him as a hybrid. So bring him in the seventh and eighth. And that's why my bullpen MVP right now, shout out to Gonzo, like Kendall Gray, stand up and take a bow, please, because you've been filthy, okay? 97 to 99 on your sinker. Your changeup has been pure fill. That surprised me because I thought you were sinker slider guy. But when you had Liam to come in and eat up two innings after your starter, and then you could deploy Graveman or vice versa, that's beautiful. And we traded Craig Kimbrell. I think the Sox used them the wrong way last year. I wanted Liam to be the setup guy. And Kimbrell just works the ninth. That way you could give Kimbrell clean frames instead of having him tread murky waters. But that's okay. You know, we're past that. Uh, Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, this bullpen is a freak of nature. And not to start rambling, but Anderson Severino yesterday, I know he looked kind of shaky. You know, him and Grandal look like the, uh, the circus. But... That's another piece. That's our crochet uh, insurance that lefty out the pen. And I know it's going to be rocky. You know you still have to go through growing pains. But if I can give you Anderson Severino, Kendall Graveman, you know, Bennett Sousa, 
Liam Hendricks. What other bullpen is offering that, especially in that American League? I mean, that ta- this Tampa Bay series shown you that the pen is still mighty. You know, you got a couple hogs in the back of that pen. I think we're so fortunate on the south side because not a lot of people have a dependable bullpen. That's right. It's 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 big facts. And Liam Hendricks, he's just kind of the exclamation point on everything, right? I mean, this is the guy that they call him the south side slider for a reason. I mean, this is a guy Slider. The Sloida. Yeah, he's you know, he's he's got the whole mentality. He's got the swag. And I mean, of course I gotta show his little bobblehead here. And it even says on the back side, Southside Slider. You know, this is the guy. I mean, if you think of Southside mentality, this is it. I mean, let's be honest. Liam Hendricks fits the bill of everything we want. I have to show you the box because it kind of gets you fired up a little bit. Yeah. Hendricks brought to the pitching staff what Tim Anderson brought to the rest of the team, you know, when, when he finally came into his own a couple years ago. And it was really nice seeing Anderson coming into his own and bringing that mentality to the team at the same time that, you know, they, they got Hendricks, what, the year after Anderson kind of really broke out. And to see these two guys, like, really bring that mentality together and fire up the whole team. Like, it's just nasty. And, and I, I love seeing the way they get fired up on the field and the way the team rallies around them. Yeah, and let's be honest. Liam, just when he gets really fired up after a strikeout, I think it's probably some of the most exciting stuff in sports. Of course, I don't have one of those. Let's see, maybe this is one of them. Yeah, whatever. I'll find I'll find a good one later on. But, you know, Liam, Liam just has that everything about him. I, I know I keep repeating myself about Liam Hendricks, but he's quickly becoming one of my favorite White Sox players. And uh, I think the South Side loves him for a reason. So uh, he's my bullpen MVP. And but there's been so many. I just just wait until Aaron Bummer turns things on. You know, he he always oh, a little boy. slow to start the year, but when he's nasty, he Aaron looked good in that first is, series, and then just kind of did. fell off over the past week. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I these guys. Think, I don't think so. Yeah, you don't think you don't think he fell off? Is that what you're saying? No, I think uh, the Aaron Bummer show has come to a close on the south side. If you think about when we bring him in, there's always inherited runners. And that's the one thing that scares me with Aaron Bummer is because he doesn't have control or command. He has a nasty sinker and his slider, he can't hold the reins on it. You know what I'm saying? So that can kill me if, if we find ourselves in another ALDS with the Astros. Because yeah. they prey on relievers like that, you know. So I, I mean, I hope he gets it gets it together because the bullpen is my favorite element of this whole team. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the other side of the fence, JoJo. Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw a lot of bad at the end of last year and and beginning of this year. But when Aaron Bummer's right and he's fully healthy, uh, I'm just waiting to see how he is. You know late May, middle of June, because, you know, these guys and everyone's in the same boat across the league, but the, the short spring and the, and the working out on their, their own without team facilities during the lockout had a huge effect on all these pitchers. So I'm just curious to see how everybody is, you know, four, four to five weeks from now, 
I think that's the most exciting thing about our six and three start to bring it back full circle for a moment is that, you know, these guys, they're basically so cold right now and they're still getting it done. So how exciting is that for our White Sox? So uh, that's what I'm excited about. Um, we do segmented segmented portions of the show here, Justin. And um, we always, uh, we always, the first one we do is when, a, when we talk about the old man himself, uh, Tony La Russa. So we do a segment where we, you know, we rip them apart or we give them praise. And it's a little segment that we like to call La Russa's Locker. Yeah, so every week we kind of break down everything that Tony did, what we didn't like, what we what we loved. And uh, the one thing this week, guys, that, that I have to say I, I thought Tony did a really nice job with is his bullpen usage all week long. Um, there's a reason the guy has won as many World Series as he has. He's a Hall of Famer. The dude just knows the game inside and out. What he did this week with the bullpen was masterful, in my opinion. Um, just curious what you guys think. Uh, about his bullpen usage this week. Justin, we can start with you, but Tony La Russa has just been unreal to start the year. Yeah, let, uh, you know, let's just go back as recently as, uh, what was that, Saturday for Jackie Robinson Day when he pulled yep. Cease. Uh, you know, I wanted Cease to go the full six, you know, because the stuff looked good. He was in control. But at a certain point, when you walk the leadoff guy, as a, when you're an erratic pitcher, you have to make the move as a manager. You have to keep the game under control. And he did a really good job of knowing Dylan Cease's leash. I remember it was a it was a April game last year with Lucas Giolito when Lucas said TLR didn't know when he was at the end of his rope. Next thing you know, Lucas got pounded. I, I forget, was it Badu who hit the home run over the center field wall? Then you get to the press conference and all of a sudden it looks like he's throwing my manager under the bus. TLR has done a great job up until this point avoiding that whole situation. And it starts with knowing how much your pitchers have like a Dylan Cease and getting them out of there and using the bullpen. Jojo, you hit it right on the head. The bullpen management has been awesome. Has Awesome. I have no complaints about TLR this uh, season. Yeah, I know. I usually have at least something to complain about in the first couple weeks of the season, but typical you know, Sox fan. Not always. At least one thing. Like last year, it's when he was falling asleep in the dugout and forgot the challenge stuff. You know, you know. This year, I I, I don't have anything. Uh, at least so far. At some point this year, I guarantee you, I'll have something to argue about with Tony La Russa. But don't. I just want to see him get in a race with uh, with Harold Baines or something. Or I'm trying to think of uh, Jack McDowell. That would be great. Harold Baines is the the worst thing that I could have said right now, especially given everything that happened. So I'm sorry. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. But um, him running after Jose Abreu last year was my all-time favorite clip ever. So <laughs> Don't let Ken W.O. hear you say anything about Harold Baines. We'll all get canceled right now. Well, no, I, I, it's not that I don't. <laughs> I love Harold Baines. I just wanted to – I was talking about how slow he was as a player back in the day. But anyway – it was a poorly timed joke, so we're gonna skip. That. We're, 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 we're gonna it. pretend. 
We're gonna so I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to see Paul Canerco and Tony Larusa in a foot race right now. Thank you. That's that's much better. We'll we'll go with that. How um, many inside the Parkers do Tony Larusa have? I know Paulie at least got one. That might have been the longest inside the park home run I've ever seen. That was like forty eight seconds around the bases. I swear to God. In Tampa, at that crazy. Yeah. And look who's here. Vinny <laughs> Parisi has joined us. He's here. He's done with hockey for the time being. And he's ready to talk White Sox baseball. I just made a terrible joke about Harold Baines that I regret on accident. Um, but we're just going to skip over that completely and not even address it anymore. But, Vinny, how are you? I'm doing great. I think Harold Baines would laugh at it. I I, I heard it. I, I I think you're fine. Who do you got in the race, TLR or Harold Baines? Uh, TLR. Yeah. Wow. Evidently. <laughs> yeah. I'll stick up for Wish. Joe on that one. You're, you're not – you're not pro health issues by saying he was a little slow in his playing days. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, it's big, big time, big time facts. Um, <laughs> but I- <laughs> you guys, uh, you'll find you'll get a kick out of this. Do you guys remember uh, who was the coach of the Chuck Pagano? He had cancer, right? And during the NFL draft, someone or it was Big Cat. He asked somebody, "Hey, are you pro or anti Chuck Pagano?" He goes for the Colts head coach. We'll decide. We'll see the season. And Big Cat goes, you know, he has cancer, right? And he goes, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything about coaching football. And he's so. And Big Cat goes, so you're anti-cancer, maybe Chuck Pagano. Like it's just the same kind of thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But uh, you, we, you, we just we're in the middle of Larusa's locker right now, Vinny. Um, I was just talking about how well we all were. And, and Zim, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of us have any critiques for Tony yet. Do you? I have one. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to Zim? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Vinny. I'm clearly like just inserting myself right into the show. You you can go. That's you okay. Can, you could take it right after I just I think Andrew Vaughn has to play a little more. That that's my Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who picked him for my pick to click last week, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Well, he didn't have that great of a week. He didn't have an awful week. But I just yeah. Think, but if he'd played more, he could have had a better week. Yeah, and it's hard to get in a rhythm when you're only facing lefties. Uh, you're facing lefties less. He has faced a couple righties, and I agree with having Gavin Sheets against righties. You saw how absolutely he could just blast baseballs against uh, righties. He looks like Barry Bonds sometimes with those swings. But I would use Andy a little bit more. I would also bat Berger and Andy higher in the lineup when they are playing. Uh, having them both batting ninth at like 300 batting averages with Leury and Harrison and, you know, other guys batting ahead of them seems a little strange to me. But then again, they had Madrigal batting ninth when they had him. And he was like, you know, he was a 300 hitter, but batting average is a bad stat anyway. So I think it's just interesting the way the lineup has been constructed so far, but it's April. So we'll see what happens as time goes on. Zim, sorry for stealing your thunder. I thought he was talking to me. No, he was talking to you. Oh, oh. I wasn't. I was talking. Yeah, I said no, Zim. Talking you were talking to me. I said the words Zim. We had some great content right there. And who am I to take away from it? <laughs> All right. Is so, no, criticisms of Tony LaRusso. I, I have none. I have none so far. I think he's done a really good job, like you said, Joe, managing the bullpen. He's got this team in the right mindset. I'm, I've talked about it all three weeks 
four weeks, three weeks that we've done the show so far this season. He's forcing the issue. He's making other teams make the plays against them. Batters are going up uh, aggressive, but selective at the same time, which is really nice. Like something you don't see very frequently where guys are really, they're teeing off on the pitches they should tee off on, but they're not really fishing beyond that. I mean, of course there's always a few bad at bats, you know, you got, Tim Anderson, who swings at everything. You got Larry Garcia, who can't seem to hit anything. Um, But outside of that, I mean, sure, guys are going to go through cold streaks. They're going to, you know, just hit the ball right at guys. You're going to have guys make stellar defensive plays against you. You just kind of have to take those with what they are. Um, But going back to the bullpen conversation, you know, something I wanted to bring attention to is the fact that he left Velasquez in as long as he did in yesterday's Mm -hmm. game, it would have been really easy to pull a pitcher after letting up four runs in the first inning, you know, but, but he let him work it out. You know, walking in a few of those runs really hurts, really hurts, but he let him work it out. He let him kind of settle in. He realizes it's April. Who gives a damn if you lose a game to the Rays in April, especially when you've already got the series one. You know, it it sucks to not get the sweep, especially when you've won two out of three games in every series so far this year. You want to finally close the door on one opponent, right? But it's almost like he he, he, kind of just said, look, if the offense picks you up, they pick you up. And if they don't, well, you have something to work out out there. So go figure it out. You know, let me ask you this, Zim. Does... Does Tony let him stay in as long if they're not if they didn't take two out of three in this series? I don't know, actually. I mean, that's that's a great point. It's definitely something to consider because as this as the season goes on, you know, this situation will happen again. Somebody oh, will give up sure. a bunk first inning. You know, you and I saw Lance Lynn do it last year. <laughs> Somebody yeah. will do it. <laughs> like, worst start of the season. He got shelled at that Cubs Sox game. That's it. That's it. Somebody it's inevitable. So we'll see how it's handled later in the year. It's possible that Tony, you know, keeps the guys in there and lets them work it out like he did with Velasquez yesterday. But if we're in a division race, if we're in a wild card race, knock on wood, I hope it doesn't get that bad this year. Um, (laughs) You know, if, if you just really desperately need a win, you got to break this, this, four game losing streak you're on, you know, you just, you just got swept by the Astros and now you really got to figure this one out against Detroit and they shell you for five in the first inning. Yeah. You might yank the guy. It's very situational for sure. But as the season goes on, um, I see no reason to panic with a four run first inning more than that. And yeah, I think you're spot on. I think even if they were 0-2 in the series, he would allow – he showed it last year too. Like the way he managed games last April was entirely different than he did in July, August. Like let the guys pitch. Gonzo made a good point in the chat. The bullpen was pretty um, used. Um, he let Severino pitch probably longer than he would have had it been a you know a very important game. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Zim. Yeah, so Tony LaRusso gets gets a solid thumbs up, four thumbs up from from everyone on the crew. So, you know, who's who says he's too old? Nobody. I, I it, you know, I, we could have Skeletor in the dugout as long as he's doing a good job. You know, I'm I'm cool with it. Joe, you keep using this phrase "too old," and I just can't figure out how these words got into my mouth 
because you, you keep putting them there. I'm not saying that he's too old. He's doing a great job, man. I never said anybody said he's too old. Oh, I just, every, every time I see him in the dugout, I feel like Tony's taking like a mid-game nap every once in a while. <laughs> you guys know the look I'm talking about, right? Justin, you've seen him when you kind of, they kind of cut to him, and he's just yeah. kind of like this. He's just like <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in between like a Lovey Smith look and like a Cheech and Chong look. Yeah. There you, you know, know. The, the, the thousand-yard stare. Yeah, Cheech and Chong's look is a little different, <laughs> a little bit different. I said somewhere in between. There's a lot of room for interpretation there. There certainly is room for interpretation. <laughs> no you want to know the, the the crazy thing about TLR is everybody thinks he's this dinosaur that doesn't use analytics. He's one of the most analytical managers in the league. And you just don't know because he stands on top of his baseball moral. Like, if you look at those Cardinals teams, the Cardinal way, that's why I'm a Tony La Russa stan, because I grew up watching the Cardinal way destroy the Cubs. Now I worship this man like a deity, okay? <laughs> Fernando Salas, Russ Springer, Jason Mott. You think these are top-of-the-line relievers? No, these are the guys that you had to plug you had to manage. You had to make sure that the time is right for them to uh, enter a game. And I'm watching history repeat itself, but now all of a sudden it's Tanner Banks. It's been a Souza, uh, Anderson Severino, Kendall Graveman, Jose Ruiz with the good changeup. You know, the, the Cardinal way has made its way to 35th and Shields, and we are so blessed because it could be a lot worse. We could have Rick Renteria cooking up a 65-win team. Ugh. Oh, I'm still sick thinking about it. Yeah, bro. Like it, it, it could be real. You know, you know how Jerry Reinsdorf gets. So thank God he went back to his old buddy. But there is something to that, Justin, in the sense that like these great managers, you know, you look at some of these guys that are statistically great or, or, or they put up these saber metrics or whatever that you just can't argue with. But then you look at the managers who took care of them. You know, you see your Bobby Cox's, your Sparky Anderson's, your Tony LaRusse's that like these guys don't necessarily need. <laughs> you got to put there the goes. There, Joe. <laughs> right <laughs> when I'm trying to make a point here. But I mean, these guys, these guys who their eyes see the analytics in a way that ours don't that we need the analytics to see you know that's that's what's really cool about it is like tony larusa's gut and the analytics are pretty much identical when it comes to you know these advanced metrics the saber metrics whatever you want to call them the the money ball style of baseball you know oh yeah it's, it's coming back it's coming back like people think the rays and the dodgers are the the pure analytical people no 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 it's been here and now it's making its way to the forefront if you look at how the white Sox are six and three it ain't the long ball it's about getting them over and getting them in now you can't tell me that ain't national league baseball you can't tell me that ain't the cardinal way and they did it last year too i mean yeah. the white Sox were what bottom three and home runs hit last year it wasn't a coincidence that they were really good and didn't hit a lot of home runs. I mean, I know at the all-star break, they had the least home runs in the league out of any team. It's because of exactly that getting them over and getting them in. Yeah, man. I, I mean, uh, 
to be honest with you, I had a hot take this uh, on Bad Guy Radio. I told all I told all my guys, I was like, Eloy's not hitting 25 home runs this year. And look at all of his RBIs, two run singles, sacrifice fly. You know, you got to make that conscious effort to cut down your swing and get runs. Now, we know Eloy has 50 home runs in his back. He was sending pitches to the to the stairwell in center field at the rate, for Christ's sake. So yeah. when you see a player with your eyes, cut down his swing, shorten his stride, make sure he's getting a, getting a job done. Yeah, I can say Eloy ain't hitting 25 home runs. That doesn't mean he's not going to have 100 to 120 RBIs. Absolutely. The, the 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 production will be there. You just can't wait for it to fly over somebody's fence. That's right. Let's 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 switch to Vinny for a second because Vinny, I know you've covered quite a bit of Aloy Jimenez this year, and you predicted he would have a big year on home run totals. So I want to hear the other side of the argument. Yeah. So I think Aloy can do both. He has MVP offensive capabilities. He'll never win one because he stinks in left field and you have to be extra good to be, you know, an MVP as a DH. But, yeah, I think Eloy, he can hit anywhere from 35 to 50. If he hits 25, I think we'll be disappointed. But 35 to 50, I think it could literally – I know that's like a big range. It's like when your mechanic says they can get to you from anywhere from noon to 5 p.m. It's like, well, thanks. That really helps me. But, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Eloy. And, you know, he could drive in all those runs. There's no doubt we've seen him hit the ball up the middle a little bit this year. They're playing April baseball. And I hope that translates to them being able to play October baseball later on in the season. But in June, July, August, I'm expecting to see some baseballs flying through guaranteed rate field skies. I am, guys. You know, I saw Tim Anderson. And I agree with you that analytics are just a tool. You still have to have the feel, and it, it's a tool. You have to combine everything that goes into baseball effectively. But when I see that Tim Anderson had a home – or I can't even remember if it was Tim Anderson or Luis Robert. One of them had a home run that was – or a ball that was hit to the warning track, and there were three with the exact same launch angle and exit velocity in July of last year, and all three of them were home runs by like 20 feet. So you combine the that type of um, launch angle and exit velocity, it's a home run most of the time. It hasn't been at guaranteed great field in the 30-degree weather. So, you know, we'll see what happens once that starts to warm up a little bit. Um, I really think that Eloy, he's going to have a really big year. I know he's got the one bomb this year, and it was a bomb. I mean, that, that was probably the biggest tank that any White Sox player has hit this season. Um, and it's just so pretty off the bat too, but he can produce runs in multiple ways. So I love Aloy. You know, he, he's my fourth or fifth hitter all season long, as long as he's healthy and doesn't try to karate chop walls anymore. I'm not convinced that he's not going to get hurt again though, because he's already made two extremely dangerous plays in the field so far. And he walked away from both of them. So we have to pray that, you know, eventually that finally gets coached out of him. But, you know, as of right now, He's in the lineup, and, you know, big big things are expected of him. Yeah, he, that guy can hit a ball onto the Dan Ryan if he wanted to. So I'd really love to see that this year. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle between you guys. I think, he, I think Eloy is going to hit, like, 30 homers, but I think he's going to be over 100 RBI. So for me, that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> um, the last time he was healthy in a full season was 2020, and he only played 60 games. He had like 19 home runs. 
that translates to like 45, 50 bombs over 162. Yeah. And last year he wasn't able to catch a rhythm when he got back. And, you know, I definitely think he's trying to hit home runs a little less now. I think he's trying to be more complete hitter, which could drop him from like 50 to, you know, 45, 35-ish. So, but like I said, as long as he doesn't have, you know, a subpar season where he hits 20 bombs and, you know, 60 RBIs, I would consider that to be a dud. And speaking of duds, we are going to head over to everyone's favorite segment, the Adam oh Dud Boy. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Ozzy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. That's right. This is the part of the show where we talk about the players that pooped on the bed this week. There's been a few of them, and I don't want to name any names, but there's the same guy that was on the list last week that continues uh, to be hanging out, you know, in the in the garbage dump in terms of batting average and performance. And I think we'd be remiss if we did not at all talk about Larry Garcia. Um, another brutal, brutal week. Um, Going a, a blistering one for fifteen with two strikeouts and one run scored. <sighs> Guys, what do we else got to say about Larry Garcia? I mean, he's Larry the Legend in September, but in April and May, the guy has been as cold as ice for as long as I can remember. Different players have different profiles, man. Some guys start hot and stay hot. Some guys kind of have a bell curve as the season goes, where they peak about the All Star break. Uh, other guys, you know, it's a gradual rise. You know, you got guys like, you know, do kind of drop off at the end of the season and everything in between. Larry Garcia is a slow starter, and that's all there is to it. He takes a lot of ABs to get up to speed, and you just kind of have to suffer through the beginnings of it. Eventually, though, I mean, there will come a streak. I said this last year when I picked him as a pick to click one week. I never made that mistake again, but. He definitely had a little streak for about two, three weeks there. And what was it, August last year, where he was yeah, the was, most clutch guy on the team? It was Everywhere the week you, after you picked him, Zim. You picked him yeah, the week that's before. Yeah, right. that's and right. He, and he went like 0 for 12, and then the next Tony week La- he batted like 600. Yeah, Tony LaRusse is cussing out uh, media members for calling him a utility player, you know? I mean, Larry Garcia has his value on this team. Unfortunately... You just kind of have to suck it up and get to it, though. It's like uh, it's like sour candy. You know, you put it in your mouth and you're like, what is the matter with me? And then it gets really sweet and you're like, oh, yeah, I love Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> yeah, or like what, what, what were those uh, those warheads? You guys warheads. warheads back in the day? Yep. That's exactly oh, what boy. I was thinking. I didn't know if that was going to be commonplace enough to touch everybody, but yeah, that's exactly that's- it. Larry Garcia is a warhead. That brings me back, man. I can taste it in my mouth right now. You can oh, still yeah. get warheads anywhere. They're oh, not, yeah, you absolutely no, can. It's just we're adults. Dude, we're you're talking it like it's, it's, it's extinct or something. <sighs> it's, it's, I haven't had one in a long time. It doesn't mean it's extinct. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's all right. Um, all right, so Larry Garcia obviously hanging out uh, in the dumpster, but there's another guy who I don't think any of us expected to be on this list. Well, Dylan Cease also had a zero batting average this past week. So, oh, Luis oh, Robert, really? my bad, my bad. That was my pick. That was <laughs> my pick, Luis Robert. 
Yeah, brutal. Two for 27, batting 83 this week. With two, his only two hits were home runs, solo shots. And I don't want to hate on Lou Bob too much because I think he's one of the most electric players in baseball, but that's been a tough week. Uh, you know, Vinny, I, I know you write articles about Luis Robert. Um, we even talk, well, you and I both offline talk a lot about Luis Robert. I have him in one of my fantasy leagues. I'm sure you might have him in one, but what's wrong with Luis Robert this week? Um, Luis Robert is a victim, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. Luis Robert is a victim of bad luck and cold weather. If there's one time I stand by analytics, it's that all these balls that Luis Robert has absolutely destroyed and they die at the warning track, that's not going to happen all season long. That's just not. He's not going to hit the ball 110 miles an hour to the warning track and it's not going to die in April. You know, he, he's just, he went through a week where that happened. And there's no shocker that in Detroit, it was a little cold, but he was getting a little more bat luck. And then the one warm day is like the day he took that brash slider and hit it to Pluto. So, you know, Luis Robert, he's outstanding. You know, I I can't really, I I want like, yeah, the numbers say he had a dud week. There's no doubt about it. I, I watched the same games that you guys did, but Three three warning tracks in one game. I think it was the game two where Berger hit the bomb. Like, you know, that, that's just not going to happen all season long. If anything, whoever gets them and pick the click is going to be lucky because the White Sox are going to have some warm weather down the stretch this week. There's going to be a little bit of rain, and it's not that great in Cleveland. But when they, once they get back to Chicago, oh, I can't wait to watch the White Sox on Saturday when it's going to be the high of 81. Oh, I cannot wait. Luis Robert. Man, you had a tough week numbers-wise. Go prove uh, – I know we all follow Jay Kuda on Twitter. Outstanding analysis and stats. You know, The I'm GOAT. Big, yeah, I'm a big fan of his account. I don't even know if he knows I exist, but I'm a big fan of his account. And he had that tweet today with the graph and, you know, basically saying Luis Robert would be leading um, in batting average, slugging percentage, and, um, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff if – you know, he didn't run into some bad luck. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, Gonzo makes a good point. They're not going to be in Chicago on Saturday. I don't even know what I'm thinking. But, you know, it'll be warm here, so maybe it'll translate to Luis Robert. Um, <laughs> there you go. I think I think Luis Robert's going to be just fine. But, yeah, it was a dud. It was a dud, of, like, no doubt, statistic-wise. Like, yeah, hitting balls totally. to warning tracks and having a good expected batting averages doesn't help you win games, so. No doubt about it. And, and, and just in the in the chat, our buddy Gonzo nominates Lambert for his performance this week. Curious, uh, what do you think about Lambert's performance in thus far this season? And if he's going to be able to stick around at all, or if he's once everyone's healthy, he's gone. Uh, yeah, no, Jimmy Land- Lambert is cooked. Uh, in my neck of the woods, we call him trade bait. Okay. <laughs> uh I don't want to put too much on the shoulders of Jimmy Lambert. You're making a spot start. It's borderline snowing in Chicago. I mean, what are you going to do? You're playing, you're, you're pitching against a team that's going to milk a young pitcher. Okay. There's only so much you can do Uh, to, to talk about Luis Robert. My gripe on him is totally technical. And I'm talking from a center fielder's perspective. I play center field and, and baseball myself. And I have a problem with Luis Robert throwing a baseball, okay? 
there's been a, a Sunday, there was a couple singles that scored guys from second when that shouldn't happen. You're a platinum gold glover, all right? I need you to throw out guys. You only get nine to 12 opportunities to throw out a guy, let's just say in a three-month span. You have to get better throwing a baseball. And Tim Anderson on first, he was taken off. He was going to steal, and Luis Robert swung at the pitch. It was like little cutters out uh, a little bit off the plate, and he just flailed at him with some one-handed swing. You got to get better at the tactical parts of baseball. You have all the talent in the world. Vinny, you know what this man could do, okay? I get on my show every Wednesday, and I compare this man to Willie Mays, and that's high praise. You have to get better at being a baseball player, not just the best athlete on the field. That two for 27, I don't care about that. The balls were crushed, all right? If he wasn't playing in Siberia, what type of conversation <laughs> will we have it, all right? So I just need him to – I want his arm to catch up with the glove, and I want his, his instincts to catch up at the plate the same way he is in the field. Look at these highlights. They're all catching the ball. Show me the one highlight where he's hosing a man out. You know what I'm saying? I tell King Mac on my show all the time, yeah, Luis Roberts a platinum gold glover, but I could throw more guys out in the major leagues than him. And that's all about prep. He has a strong arm. He's strong. He just has to put himself in position to deliver a baseball. And that Tampa Bay series, he could have cut down a couple of runs. And who knows what would have happened. You know, we're out of a frame. We're getting a sweep. I'm pumping my chest out on the internet, you know, <laughs> but that's stuff that's going to happen when the weather warms up. It's easier to throw a baseball from center field. When the weather warms up, he's hitting the ball to the concourse, but I didn't like what I seen from Luis Robert, the player in Tampa Bay. That's all I'm going to say. You know, what's great about all these duds though. They're six and three. It's going to be, great? it's going to be cold <laughs> in October. And they can win these cold games where Luis Roberts fly balls die at the warning track. Or where Abreu's not quite as hot as he is in July, August, you know, when it's cold. So, to me, that's impressive. I didn't mean to cut anybody off, but I just wanted to throw that in there. No, 100%, Vinny. 100%. You're you're speaking the truth, man. We're we're bringing lots of truth tonight, talking about a little bit of everything. And and I agree. I think Luis could definitely use – work on his arm. Um, I don't want to say any player is perfect, but he's as close to a perfect player as I could, I can imagine right now. Imagine if he works on that arm, this kid will be, you know, top five players in the league. So who's the greatest player in White Sox history? Uh, You could argue it's gotta be Frank Thomas. Yeah. It's Frank Thomas. He wasn't good in the field. If Luis Robert (laughs) He didn't play the field for the last 12 years of his career. Exactly. So Luis Robert, being the five, six tool player that he is, whatever you want to call him, that's amazing. Like he could really go on to do some great things. So I love Luis Robert. I know. And and when I say top five, I mean top five in the league. And once he gets that arm, he could be there now. But I just I just want I just want to see him throw some guys out. At the plate, because we've seen some pretty horseshit throws from all of our outfield, to be honest. Yeah, man. I don't swear a lot on this show. (laughs) Once Pollard gets off the IL, he's going to look at these kids and he's going to say, hey, guys, 
Here's what needs to happen if y'all want to win a World Series. Oh, I do love that trade. I do love that Pollock trade, by the way. Beautiful trade, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm an Adam Eaton stand, and I, w- I watched when, uh, you know, Arizona had Eaton and Pollock. You know, uh, Adam Eaton thrown out more guys than Luis Robert has. Adam Eaton doesn't have a platinum glove. Luis Robert has, so that can tell you right there the talent of Luis Robert. If he gets in, if he gets the chance to deliver a baseball and he learns how to deliver a baseball, it's over. It's over. We're talking about probably the best player in White Sox history all around. And that's including Frank Thomas and the and one of the GOATs, Paul Canerco, even though Paulie wasn't, you know, defensively as good as Luis Robert, right. but I'm talking about on a pedestal. You built sure. the statue and you put it on 35th. That's right. Luis Robert starts hosing guys out. Sure. And uh, PZ in the chat makes a good point. White Sox history goes back further than 30 years. Well, we are aware there's a lot of great care. players. I was born Here's in 92. A- I don't care. I don't Here's care. the thing. Was was Luis Aparicio better than Frank Thomas? No. Was no. Nellie Fox better than Frank Thomas? Absolutely no. not. Was there's only, there's only one name. Joe? There's only one name you could argue. And I, and I wasn't around to watch him play. You could argue Benny Minoso. And that's the next guy on my list. But, yeah. I would rather but Frank Thomas is still the best time. White Sox player of all time, in my opinion. And that's Ooh. just it. It's an opinion. Everybody's got one. Yep. So, well, speaking of opinions, uh, this next subject is very subjective. With our <sighs> yeah. put-it-on-the-board player of the week. That's right. The put it on the board player of the week. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's who you nominate that had a great week. Who, who tore it up? Who, who made you want to pump your fist in the air? Like Justin does on social media. Who is it? Uh, And you know, Vinny, since, since you're more recent to join us, we'll let you lead things off today. Who was your put it on the board player of the week for our White Sox? Yeah. So basically the guy I remember writing the most about this week is Jake Berger. And for me, Jake Berger, yeah, I agree with, I think Gonzo and somebody else in the chat put that having the ninth hitter be like the second leadoff man and turning it over to TA. Yeah, I love that too, but not at the expense of having a seventh hitter batting 190. That like that's kind of like when Pollock comes back, then Bert, you know, a good nine hitter is something I can appreciate. Like I'd probably rather have a better eight hitter than a nine or a better nine hitter than an eight hitter, but I'd rather have a better seventh hitter than both. So, you know, despite my lack of interest in him in the nine spot, I've really enjoyed Jake Berger. He had a great week. Um, I believe he went five for fourteen. He had the home run, the and then I, you know, the go-ahead hit that scored Leary Garcia. Oddly enough, um, he could just hit really well. He's a professional hitter, and he basically made the team because of the fact that Yoan Moncada had the injury in spring training. And you know, he might have made the team had Moncada not gotten hurt, but it's kind of hard to see. Um, but once Moncada comes back, it's hard to see Berger going down. Now. You know, that's not the guy I would send down to activate Moncada off of IR. I, you know, Mendick, you know, guys like that. 
Berger has the argument even over Sheets right now. Sheets is a lefty. And I said on the show last week that if Berger and Sheets each had the same year last year, which they they pretty much did in AAA, but Berger was a lefty and Sheets was a righty, we would know Berger as the household name right now and Sheets would be the one who went back down to the minors. Um, so that, that does play a little bit into it, but I love Jake Berger. I love his story. I rooted for him when he was injured twice, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Did you hear about our guest in two weeks, Vinny? I did. I did. It's going to be interesting for those who don't know. Are, are we teasing it right now? We teased it a little bit earlier, but you can definitely tease it again. Yeah. For those who don't know, Jake Berger's girlfriend. What, what's her first name again? I'm sorry. Ashlyn, Ashlyn Carmella. Ashlyn Carmella. She will be joining us on South Burbs Hitman to talk about Jake, his career, his ascension to the majors, raking in the minors last year, you know, some of the injury stuff. I'm excited to pick her brain a little bit. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely fun. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta promo stuff when we can, you know. Yeah, always, yeah. always, Yay always off. good for the brand. <laughs> but all right, let's toss it to Justin. Justin, who is your put it on the board player of the week? Who got you fired up? Well, thank you, Vinny, for stealing my original uh, pick. I appreciate <laughs> that. But I'm gonna go with Michael Kopech because there's a lot of uncertainty with the name Michael Kopech. Okay. You're the secondary option in the Moncada trade. I I come and you 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 don't play. You you sit out, you know, what was it, the COVID year, and you come back and you throw darts against Tampa Bay in 2022. All right. Uh what I seen from him that afternoon, he commanded the strike zone, all of his pitches were working, he was in rhythm. That was some stuff that I didn't expect to see. I expected to see an erratic young man trying to prove himself as a front-end starter. And he gave me a solid start. He's going to build off of that. The volume of strikes, the movement on his pitches. Michael Kopech is the key to a White Sox World Series. All right. He's, people talk about Andrew Vaughn being untradeable, which is blasphemous. I don't think there's a trade in this world that you give up Michael Kopech, especially in the, uh, with the state of the White Sox rotation right now Agreed. with Giolito's contract. Giolito's contract is on a dinner table every week. You know, that's a talking point right now. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if Dylan Cease is your ace. So what do you have left? Diamond Dallas? You got Lance Lynn, who just signed a two-year deal. How much of that he has in the tank? So... It's just Kopech. And when I seen against Tampa Bay, I was so proud of that young man because we're on Bad Guy Radio, we're skeptical. We're skeptical as hell of Michael Kopech. We, all of us collectively, enjoyed the start that he gave us this weekend. And I'm so proud of him. So, Michael Kopech, stand up and take a bow. Ponytail gang. Ponytail gang, man. I, I, I was watching the game with my wife. And my and my infant daughter, obviously she she doesn't know what's going on. But why would you choose to have a hairstyle like that? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe it's because I'm jealous and I can't grow the hair. But uh, you know, if I look like Michael Kopech, I probably wouldn't have a ponytail. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Hairstyles aside, Kopech in a weird way reminds me of a different guy who wore 34 for the White Sox back in 05. Something about his swagger on the mound reminds me of Freddie Garcia, man. 
I, I can't explain exactly what it is, but he just he carries himself in a similar way. He's got that same fearlessness in his eyes where he just looks at the batter and he says, I'm better than you. I got this. And when Freddie Garcia was added to that pitching staff, that's what really solidified the team and, and took them to the world series in 05. That's what kind of became the glue piece for the whole thing. And Kopech, you know, when you say that, Justin, like that's, that's what popped into my head immediately. It's like, he's the guy who could be this little missing link, Mm -hmm. just like Garcia turned out to be, you know, a guy who had no rhyme or reason being that guy. And he turned out to be that guy. And, you know, sure. They come from different backgrounds. Kopech was expected to be this guy for a long time. But now that he's finally here, this is the level of ascension you say he could bring, and I totally see it. I totally see it. And and Michael gets pretty sweaty too. You know, he's not just sweaty, Freddie. You know what I mean? He's moisture, Michael. Moisture, moisture Michael. Man. There it is. <laughs> Hashtag moisture, Michael. Every site, every, every single start. You know, everyone's going to get after us for using the word moist part in in any way, shape, or form, but. I mean, it makes sense. That's what the ladies feel about Michael Kopech anyway, right? Moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be that when we when we post the show on social media, we'll just put hashtag moist at the end and see what happens. Yeah, um, I mean, 3,000 likes, a couple of weeks, you never know. <laughs> That's, right. That's it. That's the key to success. Um, all right, yeah, so Michael Kopech, obviously great week. I can't argue with anything anyone said, but uh, Zim, the – you're going to go with Kopech too, or you you got somebody else in mind for this week? Um, I mean, you mentioned Hendricks and he really did have a good week. And I know that was pre-show, but I'm stealing your thunder here. Hendricks, four games, four saves and seven strikeouts. You know, that's almost two thirds of the guys he faced. He struck out. That's pretty dang impressive. Like he, uh, he bounced back, you know, as, as y'all said, he would, you guys, uh, you guys talked me off the ledge a little bit with Hendricks right right off the bat uh, to start the year. So, yeah, he's he's bouncing back. He is showing why he earned reliever of the year, why he uh, even as, as much as people don't want to admit a reliever should have been, as much as he should have been considered for a Cy Young last year. So, you know, proving his case again, maybe making back-to-back reliever of the year, maybe throwing his hat in the Cy Young race again. We'll see. There you go. I'll vote for Liam as a Cy Young. I'm not going to lie. Well, hey, if if, if I had to, you know, I'll go with my pick here for the week. And this is a guy who could win the Cy Young as a reliever. You talked about him earlier in the show, Justin. Kendall Graveman with a phenomenal week. Three innings pitched. Only gave up one hit, zero runs. I mean, the guy is just firing on all cylinders. And in those three innings, five strikeouts. Kendall Graveman has been flat out nasty. He could be the MVP of the bullpen besides Hendricks right now. How valuable is that signing going to be, guys? I mean, great week across the board. All great choices here. But Graveman has really fit well on this squad. Kendall Graveman is everything that we thought Craig Kimbrell would be. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that, hey, that, that's a fact, Zim, especially when you're coming into a setup situation, you know, the only gripe I got about Liam is he gives up solo home run. All right. He gets yep. too fastball happy. 
And that's what hitters are looking for. You know, outside of that, it's he's the reliever of the year. Kendall Graven is a big part of why Liam had this success. He gave him clean frames, cleaned up the bases. You know what I'm saying? That's all you want your setup guy to do. And with Crochet gone and all these other guys are just still trying to tread water and figure out what they mean to a major league bullpen, Graveman and uh, Liam, I could I could write that the rest of the year because they're going to be healthy. They're going to be strong. They're going to be accountable. I'm happy as a Sox fan. The pen is mighty. I'm not going to lie. The pen is very are, mighty. Are any of you guys uh, always Sunny fans? Yes. Kendall Graveman does the Charlie work. He yes. does. Yes. That's, that's exactly that's, it. He he's got the bat there. with the nails on it, right? That's it. That's it. He gets in there. He untangles the King's rat's nest and he sets up a clean shop for the crew to open the next morning. He, you know? he gets rid of all the garbage because he burns it. Yeah. That, wow. That's, that's a really great analogy, Zim. <laughs> It, it it came to me. It's it's exactly what he does, though. It, it it's impossible to function without a guy like Graveman there. You know, you 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 gotta have somebody who who's willing to stick their arm elbow deep in the toilet to unclog it. It's gross, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> it is gross, and someone does have to do it. I love everything about this show tonight. This is great. Um, but we're going to move to our next segment right now. And, and this is the part of the show where we get to hear from Gonzo, even though he's not actually on the show with us. It's a oh. segment that Gonzo does for us every week called White Sox Weekly. Let's dive in. Yo, what up, everybody? This is Gonzo here, and I'm presenting to you White Sox Weekly. And first off, everybody, I just want to say I hope everyone enjoyed a happy Easter. And the Sox have began the, the season 6-3 and three on top of the Central. And now they're on the road for a series, um, two series, to start off this week. Um, the first series is going to be on the road. Um, it's going to be versus the Cleveland Guardians. And it's a four-game series, Monday through Thursday. For Monday night, it's going to be Dallas Keuchel versus Shane Bieber. And that's going to be one hell of a duty to face Shane Bieber to start off the series, but that's how it's going to be. Um, game two is going to be um, Jimmy Lambert versus McKenzie. And the Sox have faced McKenzie last year, so this should be an interesting matchup um, for us. Lambert's going to have to step up here just so we have, you know, any chance at the game. Um, the offense is going to have to come out. Um, game three is going to be Dylan Cease versus the one and only Zach Plezak, which we beat up last year, so hopefully we can continue to do that. And Dylan has been on fire lately. Um, but to end the series, it's going to be um, Michael Kopech versus uh, Quindrell. And Quindrell did a pretty good job last year, so hopefully – um, with you know the offense, most of the of our core seeing him should be able to face up against him and uh, get the victory. Um, offensive wise, they got the one and only Jose Ramirez over there at third base. And my only one thing I'd like to see from this series is for Tony to pitch around him for a chance so he doesn't beat us. And um, from how the matchups are looking this series, 
I think it's going to be a split, um, but that's how uh, I feel like it's going to go. So Series 2 is going to be Friday through Sunday at Target Field in Minneapolis versus the Twins. And on that Friday night, it's going to be Obeer versus Velasquez. Velasquez has done a really um, solid job at being our fifth starter in the rotation lately. And hopefully he continues that with the Minnesota lineup that has been dinged up lately. And Obeer is a guy that we've just had batting practice against last year. So hopefully that continues as well. Um, game two is going to be Dallas Keuchel versus, um, I believe it's going to be Dylan Bundy. If things are lining up and Bundy's a pretty great right-handed pitcher. Uh, last year he was with the uh, um, Angels. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, game three is going to be Lambert versus Chris Archer, which is an interesting name out there that the Twins picked up. Um, that should be an interesting matchup. And I, I really feel the Sox are going to take two out of three in that um, series. Um, and as far as uh, Minneapolis' bats go for the Twins, um, Byron Buxton has got off to a great start, but he got injured for them. So they're going to be relying on Luis Ariz for the Twins. That's their offensive bat at the moment. And guys, back to you. Big thanks to Chris Gonzalez for getting us that from uh, from the other side of things. But uh, I'm getting a little bit of background noise from somebody. I don't know who. Is it myself? Can you guys hear me okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, um, thank big thanks to Gonzo for getting in that clip. You know, a lot of baseball coming up this week. Uh, the weather in Cleveland is going to be interesting to see how things play off. Uh, Vinny, I know you've previewed some of the series coming up this week. Uh, what are your big – you know, what are you looking for this week from this White Sox team? Uh, well, we'll start with the first series here coming up against the Guardians. What are you looking for? Yeah, so you're going to face Bieber. You didn't have to face him tonight. But, you know, you got two former Cy Young winners. Um, one has had a lot more recent success than the other, Keiko versus Bieber. But um, Jose Ramirez is one of the five best hitters in the American League right now. And he took home the American League Player of the Week for last week because he was just off to an outstanding start. And one of my things with that I agree with Gonzo is, hey, if you either go right at him or you pitch around him, I think it should be situational. Um, Jose Ramirez can beat you. He did it last year, and he did it the year before against the Sox. There were a couple games that the White Sox had in hand, and Mr. Ramirez comes to bat in the ninth, and he gives his team the win. So I think uh, – I think there's a chance that the White Sox play well against them. It's now a three-game series for now. It'll be a split doubleheader later on in the season. But, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do against the Guardians. It's one of the teams in the Central that will give them a hard time this year. I think every team has improved. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. And then the following series against the Twins, you get to see them with Carlos Correa in their lineup for the first time ever. And it's an okay pitching staff. I actually think it's a subpar pitching staff, but, you know, some of the names on paper are guys who have been okay in the past. But, you know, they put a beat down on the Boston Red Sox today, so they're hoping to carry some of that offense into the week. Um, I think it's it's a tough week, but it's a a central division showdown week. And the White Sox got to come out and really put the beat down on and play well like they did against the Mariners and the – um, Rays. They've 
they've done everything so far that they need to so far this season to make me believe that I think they have a pretty good chance to have a strong week. They've beaten good teams because I think yeah. Detroit, Seattle, and Tampa Bay are all good teams, and they played well against their only division rival that they've played so far. You combine those two things against the Guardians and the Twins, and it could be a productive week. I, I hope they take two out of three from both of them. These are the games that we have to win, you know, if we want to win the division, especially early in the year. Um, I know everyone says games aren't as don't count as much in April. The games count, and they make a big difference when it comes to the end. You know, if we would have won five more games in April and May last year, uh, we probably wouldn't have played the Astros in the first round. So, you know, things could have happened completely different. Um, not saying that they're like the, the biggest games in the world, but they make a big difference. Uh, you know, Justin, your thoughts heading into this week and this big AL Central matchup for you know both these squads. This team goes on the road. Just curious to see how they play things out that way. But what are you looking for this week? Yeah, well, the whole offseason on Bad Guy Radio, uh, me and my co-host, Junior, we were afraid of the Tigers because, you know, they were making all the moves, signing Javier Baez. They got the young rotation at Scooball and Mize and Matt Manning. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians – they're going to be the biggest issue for the White Sox because I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. They're the most athletic team in our division right now. Uh, they have the best pitching staff as far as coaches, routine, system. Like Cleveland could throw my granny out there on the mound and she could give you six scoreless, okay? <laughs> you know, it, it's, the, it's the system in the ways, and you look at the names like Ahmed Rosario, and, you know, Jimenez and Franmil Reyes, and then you got Quan, and then you go over, and then you got, you know, Owen Miller. Like, nobody's heard of these guys, but if you look at the numbers, extra base hits, stolen bases, you know, the defense has been off the charts. Oscar Mercado has been destroying baseballs, and he's not even a starter for them. Okay. Uh, I look forward to the Sox matching up with them because we have TLR, the situational parts of the game that's how you beat teams like cleveland that's how you pitch around a guy like jose ramirez you have to play baseball and i'm not asking you know tlr to fill out a lineup card and you know push it to the side and say all right let's go that's not how we beat cleveland cleveland is athletic they play good defense and they pitch no matter who's on the field but that's what the white Sox are good at in 2022 that's how we win all of the series so far. So I'm excited. I mean, I would love to see Diamond Dallas uh, beat Shane Bieber tonight, but the weather had other ideas. But, you know, <laughs> it happens. It's the Midwest, for Christ's sake. It certainly is. <laughs> I think we're all we're all looking forward to the series. I'm a little bummed there's no White Sox baseball on tonight, but hopefully it means more people get to watch the show. So, you know, it's, it's the little things. And there's usually off yeah. days on Mondays anyway, but, you know. Our buddy Gabe reminds us to walk Ramirez. Uh, yeah. Yes, we'll do that if we have to. Hopefully we don't have to, but we'll see. But, guys, I want to dive into the pick-to-click portion of the show. Oh and we'll boy. go – yes, that's right. We're going to go into what our picks were last week and see who the winner was. Uh, I went with Luis Robert. Uh, we're not going to talk about that choice. didn't work out for me. Uh, Zim went with Andrew Vaughn, who didn't have a terrible week, but he definitely didn't have a great week. Joe, let me just interject for a moment. Remember last week when you picked Luis Robert and you were so grateful that he was still he was available there. with your last pick? Yeah. 
funny how that just worked out you know know, everybody passed on him for whatever reason and you're like well he's too good not to pick which you're absolutely right well sure and then he goes out and has a week like that and all of us are justified in not picking him and leaving him for last how odd how odd that just happened to work out like that yeah um so that didn't work out for zim either but it was between Vinny and Vinny took tim anderson and Gonzo took Liam Hendricks. Hendricks went four games, four saves, seven hits, an earned run, and seven Ks. TA went eight for 23 with two stolen bags, four ribbies, and a home run. Uh, it was a close one. I made the call. I gave it to Hendricks, which was Gonzo, just because just domination, four saves. I mean, he doesn't get much better than that in a week for a closer. Um, not to any disrespect to uh, TA. He's great in his own right, but. We'll give it to Gonzo. So Gonzo wins. Uh, updated standings. Vinny won the first the first week, and Gonzo won the second week. Zim and I are scoreless yet, and who knows? Justin might have a better score than me by the end of this week. So you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, we'll 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 let our guest pick first for his pick to click, and then if he chooses someone that you guys want to pick, it's okay because you know he's not going to be tallied every single week for us. So. Let's lead things off. Justin, who are you picking this week for your pick to click? Well, you know, even though White Sox Twitter make me sick to my stomach 90% of the time, I'm going to go with Yasmani Grandal this week. I don't think we've seen the best of Yasmani Grandal this season. I expect for him to hit balls over somebody's fence. Uh, if you look at what his approach at the plate has been, he had a, a RBI single through the left side as a, a left-handed batter against the shift against Tampa. And when I seen that, I realized that, all right, he's a grown-ass man, and he knows how to attack these pitchers. So I'm going to go. I'm going to take the – it's an easy pick for me, actually, because he hasn't shown me much offensively outside of that uh, single. Hopefully, Yaz can make me a winner this week. There you go. I like it. I like the moxie. Uh, our buddy Gonzo got the win. He knew about it earlier today, so he texted me his pick early. Gonzo is going to go with Jose Abreu this week. Uh, he Holy likes trusty. the way he started swinging the back. He, he got his first home run, of course, and um, you know he's hitting the road. There's going to be some high winds and some interesting weather, so maybe Jose gets hot when it gets cold on the road. Uh, I like the pick there from Gonzo. Um, I had a horrible week, so I'm going to make sure I go last with my pick again. So I'll, gi- I'll give it to the, the runner-up in, in, uh, in Vinny Parisi there. Uh, Vinny, who are you going to go with next for your pick to click? I'm not going to lie. I didn't know Tim Anderson's stats accumulated to be as good as they were. And, like, I think I deserved to win more this week than I did last week. Like, I honestly, in my brain, I'm going to say that I won this week and Gonzo won last week. I'm being – like, I didn't know that they were that good. And yeah. Hendricks, in That's three fair. of the four saves that he had, he struggled in them. You know, he only had one save that didn't make us go crazy. So uh, I'm a little It was surprised. tough for me. It was a tough decision yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little surprised with that. But I'm not one to complain. I'm going to take – I don't normally do this. No, I'm not going to do it. That's against my code. I'm going to take Luis Robert. Oh. I'm going to take Luis Robert. Wow, okay. He's going going back to Old Faithful. It's going to – things are going to work out for him now. I'm sure they will. It's going to pay off for you. Um, like the pick. Maybe he's going to even throw some guys out on the road. We'll see what happens. Uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman, who is your pick to click for this week? 
stalling, man. I'm trying to find some stats here. Don't pick because Danny Mendick. I, I, okay, I promise you I will not pick Danny Mendick. I promise. He's, you're going to pick Larry Garcia, aren't you? I. You know what? Now that you mention it, I'm definitely not. There's no <laughs> way he bounces back. I'm sorry. Who's off the board already? We got Tim Anderson off so the board, got, right? We got Luis got Timmy, off the board. No, no, no. You got Jose and Luis. That's it. Sorry. Okay. Justin took um, Grandal, but you can also take Grandal. It's up to you. Yeah, I, I, I like what Bert, what Jake Berger's done this past week. I just don't know if he gets the same kind of playing time. I've already made that mistake with Andrew Vaughn once already this year. Um, so you know, let's go with the power, the power horse. Let's let's go with Eloy to, to hit a few more bombs this Ooh. week. Let's go with Eloy to really, you know, just keep up on this streak he's been on to start the year. You know. Lots of RBIs, a couple of bombs, I guess just the one, right? No, I thought he had two. Regardless, doesn't matter. He's going to have two this week, so that'll that'll balance it out. Um, he does well against divisional teams, you know. He always has since he came up. He does really well against, you know, the team on the other side of the city. Unfortunately, he's not playing them this week, but, yeah. He oh, I, love, I love the pick, Eloy. Aloy to come back big time. And you, you guys, again, made it real easy for me with my last pick. I'm going to go with the guy who's got the highest batting – well, one of the highest batting averages over the start of the season, and he's been raking since he came back. I'm talking about Tim Anderson. Uh, T.A., like you said, he hit 348 last week. Just continues to get it done, especially against division opponents. Uh, I think Tim Anderson has a big week and uh, gets me my first pick to click win of the year. So recap here, Justin went with – Grandal, Gonzo went with Jose Pito Abreu, Vinny with Luis Robert, Sim with Aloy Jimenez, and I'm riding with Tim Anderson. It's going to be a good week, guys. I got a lot of good options here, and uh, I have a feeling we're going to have a tough decision again next week. But I feel like every week gets harder and harder, but we we find a way to get it done. All yeah. this praise for Kendall Graveman, and nobody wants to snag him. Nobody picked the picture, and we blew. We gave we, the yeah, roses we, to the bullpen today. Yeah, we we definitely were kissing the bullpen's ass today, and none of us none of us took one. But uh, it's okay. We all got to fuck her up at some point. It's hard. Um, it's hard to pick someone who's going to get like three innings. Yeah, they either are great or horrible. It's and you could easily lose on those picks. So I get yeah. it. Now, now Vinny Gonzo says he should have won both. <laughs> well, wow. I think I should have won both. <laughs> exactly. I, I actually, and, and, I actually, in my brain, I do believe that. But give Gonzo a win. You know, look, doesn't. look. The bottom line is, Joe and I had no chance the last two weeks. So y'all just be happy with your dubs and take them. Yeah, take right. take them. Yeah. I mean, I'm just confident. If TA repeated the exact same week for you, Joe, next week, you'd win, no doubt in my mind. I know. I, yeah. I'm kind that of regretting was, my decision now, but it is what it is. I that can't, was, I can't that go was some, back on That it. was some good hitting by TA7. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, But let me ask you guys this. Was this the first week that the actual White Sox best player was named? Because last week, yeah, it was a discussion between me and Gonzo. But if anybody would have had Vaughn, it would have been like the no question – clear-cut winner. Did, was somebody not picked last week that would have won had they been? I don't think so. If somebody if somebody picked if somebody Cole picked Jake Berger, they would have they would have won. Oh, Jake Berger too. Yeah. Nobody That's picked right. Berger who had four RBI, a home run. Five. How great is that though? That our objective, like if somebody picked this guy, he absolutely would have won. Our two like contributor players, like 
levels of guys that you wouldn't expect to be the guy who is the guy. I know I just yeah. said the guy a lot, but I, I hope I came through okay there. Guy Fury. <laughs> yeah. Flavortown market. But you know what I mean? It's it's so nice to have these contributors on this team, the depth of this roster, like showing its value so early in the season where, you know, when, when we get to the, the end of the year with the September call-ups and stuff and, you know, for what we're hoping, the Sox are basically kind of wrapped up for the year. And we're just watching a bunch of backups for the last two weeks of the season. And they're still winning games with these guys. How fun is that going to be? It's going to oh, be just no as doubt. fun as it is right now. But that takes care of all that. Everybody's got their picks locked in for this week. So let's That's move right. it along and guarantee some more stuff in this week's guaranteed take. Yay is right. Every time I hear that song, I just I just want to scream out yay. But we're going to be talking to Guaranteed Take. It's our hot topic conversation towards the tail end of the show where the debate becomes fierce or not. But I think it's going to be fierce today. You know, my Guaranteed Take, well, the Guaranteed Take for today, I'll let you guys address it. But this team is 6-3 and three with a slew of injuries. How good can they be at full health when the weather starts to warm up? That's a question that we all want to know. But I think, Vinny, you actually touched on it without even knowing the guaranteed take today has to do with that tweet from Jay Kuda. You know, based on the actual EV and launch angles measured by StatCast, the White Sox should be leading all of baseball in batting average, slugging percentage, and a slew of other categories. I do have the full spreadsheet that we can put full screen for a moment just to put it on screen. But before we speak to it, you know, I'm just curious, Vinny, since you brought it up earlier, you know, can this team, you know, if they get to full health and the weather favors them and they keep up this trend, how good can they be? Because I'm going to put this full screen, but how good can this team be? Yeah, I think I, I picked them at 95 wins before the season started. I think that's right around where they could be. They're on pace to win 108, but that's not going to happen. Um, don't say you that. Know, you don't know that. That would that would be the tied with for the best record of any team I can recall. I think the oh, the eighteen Red Sox won one hundred and eight, and last year the Giants were one hundred and seven. Yeah. It's a really hefty number, and so if they get to ninety five, ninety six, I think that's the ceiling for this team. And I think their floor is like ninety, eighty nine. So the offense is going to explode in the summer. They have outstanding pitching. The defense has been better. They're striking out less. Um, their approach is a little bit different. In twenty twenty one, a lot of people probably don't know this in 2021 they led the league in innings from starters so i think it's uh it's the the sky's the limit for this team i think the dodgers are the best team on paper but i think if the white Sox matched up against them in the world series they can compete so you got to get to the world series you got to beat the astros the red Sox, or you know whoever you play and that's not a lock i'm not saying you know i'm not this has nothing to do with the playoffs in the regular season, if the offense really reaches its true potential, as Jay Kuda, you know, kind of presented, they could really win a lot of games this year. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Hopefully the pitching keeps up and they get a little bit healthier. I can't wait to have Lynn and Giolito back. 
If you're running Lynn, Giolito, Kopech, and Cease with Kopech and Cease the way they've been going so far this year, then you have an outstanding rotation. And if the offense gets better as the weather gets warmer and, you know, as just players shake off the rust a little bit, they're going to be really good. They are going to be really good. And, Justin, these guys have been very unlucky, as the stat cast shows us, to start the season. You know, what what are your expectations from this team? And when they get healthy, how good can they be? I lowballed my team in the offseason. I thought, you know, with the injuries, the rotation being kind of spotty here and there, I, I picked them to be around 89 to probably about 92 wins. This team could easily win 100 100 games and i'm gonna tell you why right now productive outs everybody wants the guy to get on base and walk but i would rather have a sacrifice fly with a guy on third than a guy drawing a walk and that's what this team is doing Vinny, you're saying 108 wins is out of the question don't play with me like that because when you see josh harrison tam anderson eloy when they do when they get to the plate and they got a job to do they've been doing it that's why we have these six wins with marginal talent on the field i think in my honest opinion this could be probably the top two teams in the american league and i know the uh toronto blue jays spent a, a boatload of money and yes i am a red sox fan and i do think the red sox have the best offense pound for pound in the american league from top to bottom but when the white Sox take the field i'm confident with them playing anybody because sacrifice flies they utilize the bunts they use that ground ball to the right side to get a man to third with less than one out i don't have to worry about that element you know i think this team could win a hundred games so I don't know, like my guaranteed take right now, the White Sox are going to be in the ALCS, regardless of who, uh, how the standings stack up. I've seen enough already. And with our rotation being in shambles from the 3-4-5 spot, who knows? We could go make that move for a Tyler Glass now. We could go ahead and ask the Dodgers like, hey, what do you want for Dustin May? What do you want for Julio Urias? You know? I mean, Rick Hahn always has a seat at the table. We'll pull your damn chair up. Fix your plate. Don't just sit at the table. Be at the table. And I think we've been we've remained flexible. The offense is going to get better. So I see us playing for a pennant, an important pennant. I, I'm not going to say World Series until I see a little bit more long ball because ball go far, team go far. But I think we're going to win 100-plus games. I'm not going to lie. You're muted, Joe. Thank you. My sub pump went off and I muted and I forgot to turn it back off. But I was, <laughs> was going to say, you couldn't even hear what I said, but I, I, I love everything about what you said. I love, I love the enthusiasm and I get fired up here and you talk about uh, white Sox baseball, Justin. So that's a, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. These are my boys. It's yeah. my religious affiliation. You know, Southside baseball is my religious affiliation. I pray to Paul Canerco every night. Yeah, brace, baseball hits different when you're at 35th and Shields. I agree with you there. There's no doubt about it. Um, but all right, 
I'm trying to remember where we le- where I would left off, but I got Vinny, I got Justin. That would be Mr. Steven Zim Zimmerman hiding in the dark. What do you think? What are your expectations? Is this I know we did predictions to start the year. This doesn't have to be a prediction thing. It's just how important is health to this team? Because I think we all know the answer, but um Well, my ninety seven win prediction is looking very good right about now, I would say. Great. Yeah. Um <laughs> A lot of injuries and they're still six and three. And honestly, it's not entirely unexpected for me. The way they played last year, a lot of guys got hurt. You look at the roster. There's not a whole lot of confidence that these guys will stay healthy. And unfortunately, that's just something you got to deal with over the course of 162 game season. And something you got to deal with as a white Sox. No, not even as a white Sox fan, as a Chicago sports fan. All right. When in Chicago sports history, have we ever really gotten to enjoy a player's career without a couple of seasons lost to major injury? Never, never. So you just got to kind of think of one guy, one guy. Who is it? It's pretty much Frank Thomas. I can't remember uh, the old five. It's Frank Thomas. The guy who was injured for the entire world series run in the old five season. Right. (laughs) That was the only example. Receipts tonight. Didn't didn't Patty Kane have a have a pretty rough one in uh when was that? After in, the 15, Cup, like, in 15 he hurt his yeah. clavicle in yeah. March or and they put him on LTIR so they could trade for Antoine Vermette and then he was magically ready for their playoff run in game one. That's right. That's I do I put it in I put it in quotes. I'm just saying though, like it's something we've dealt with the Chicago sports teams yeah, as no Chicago sports fans, even if you're a fan of the North Side team, like they've had their fair share of Kerry Woods and Mark Greg Pryor. Maddox getting hurt and Mark Pryor exactly and Sammy Sosa missing a season. Brian and uh, Rizzo. Exactly. The, it's it's just all over the place in Chicago. You just kind of it's it comes with the territory of being a Chicago sports fan. You know, that's why we I lost, said that. We lost two Super Bowls to Jay Cutler injuries. We lost <laughs> we lost at least one good playoff run to a Michael Jordan injury, you know? All these things yeah. they just they just happen as Chicago sports well, fans. Well, it's why I'm just happy. I, I said it last or a couple weeks ago. I I'm happy the AJ Pollock injury happened now. Mm-hmm. Now that guy gets injured a couple times a year. If he's going to get one in the first week of the season, great. I I'd, I'll ride him as much as I can because People aren't talking enough about AJ Pollock, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that no, acquisition is going to be a lot. That's going to be really a huge player. Really, good paternity player. helped it too. He'd be in rehab already had he not dealt with that. Like he would have had his AAA games already under his belt, I believe. Yeah, but like I'm kind of glad that that happened all at the same time. First of all, as as a father, like I'm super stoked that like he happened to already be able to take that time. Exactly. You know? And happy for him as a person, but as a sports fan, like also happy because it's like. Well, give him the extra time. You know, now you're not worried about him coming back too soon. You're not worried about like, oh, is he going to tweak it again because he rushed it back? No, he took his time. He came back on his schedule. He's going to be ready when he comes back. Well, and that's why uh, White Sox Twitter, I'm sure you guys have seen it. They're all like, why does he have to go to to, to rehab assignment games in AAA for whatever is two games? The dude, first off, he wants, He's. I'm sure when he's been on paternity, whatever it is, three, four days, He's been sitting around doing nothing for four days. His hammy's tight. Go, go work on it in AAA. I don't have any problem with it. Uh, do, yep. Did you guys? Did you guys see all that conversation on Twitter? I think it's so ridiculous. I avoid idiots the as much as possible. 
People are mad because of where Pollock came from and the, who they traded for him and how the White Sox got the guy that they traded for him. He's part of one of the worst trade trees in Chicago's White Sox history. And Madrigal has sucked so far for the Cubs, but he's going to be a great player. Like, people are mad about it. And well, so Pollock is in that line of think line of trade tree. And, you know, there's always going to be negative connotation when it comes to that, at least as far as I've seen. Nick Madrigal tore get, both of his hamstrings. I mean, thank you. On. Not to get too far onto the tangent train here, but like Nick Madrigal, I literally just finished talking about all these great athletes that we've lost due to injury in Chicago, yep. right? What's to stop Nick Madrigal from adding his name to that list? Absolutely. I mean, it, it sucks. It's really unfortunate for the guy because he looked like he was off to a very promising career and looked like he was going to be, you know, an Ichiro type player for the next 20 seasons. And unfortunately, he still might be. No. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's had at least some kind of hindrance. So it is what it is. You kind of you kind of take your lumps. This team is built to take its lumps, though. This team is built to weather the storm. They're deep. What's really cool about the depth is these guys have major league experience. You know, as much as you don't want to lean on Larry Garcia and Danny Mendick, these guys have shown that you can make a playoff run with them. Because you just did it last year. You literally yeah. just did it less than a calendar year ago. You can lean on these guys. They've shown versatility with Sheets and uh, Vaughn going to the outfield with uh, Grandal moving to first base on days where Abreu needs a day off and you want to not throw him at DH. You know, maybe maybe you're running a little thin because you got Sheets or, or Vaughn in the outfield. And Harrison now playing third and second. Like, yeah, this team is doing everything they need to do. They're accommodating the injuries when everybody's healthy, if everybody's healthy, which is a huge thing over the course of 162 game season. If everybody's sure. healthy, they're going to be able to weather it just fine. They've got a manager with the smarts to help them through it on top of it all. And that's at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is you've got a manager and a coaching staff that's willing to do what it takes Preach. to put this team into the right positions to win. They've done it so far through these first nine, 10 games this season, and they're going to keep doing it for the next 153. Zim. I love it, man. That's it's the church of Zim. I, I feel, I feel like a second level energy coming through my body right now. That's all good stuff, man. So thank you for that. Uh, I, I'm on board with everything, boys. I, I think they can stay healthy. And I think, um, I think these guys are going to be putting on a show all summer on the south side of Chicago. 35th and Shields is going to be the hottest ticket all summer long. Um, book that right now. I, and go get your tickets. Go get your season tickets or partial ticket plans at WhiteSox.com. They didn't even ask me to do that, and I did it. So thank you. You're welcome, Joe. You, thank you. You're welcome, White Sox. And we did have White Sox PR, public relations on with White Sox charities last year. So. Come on back if you're watching somewhere on the Twitter Twitter sphere. Um, we'll we'll help you guys again, or, or you could help us. However you want to look at it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, enough of a tangent there. But I did want to. We always we covered all the White Sox content already in the show. We I, we always like to bring things, you know, to a, a little bit lighter end of the show. Have some fun, kick the tires a little bit before the, we should close it out. Um, I figured, you know, with Easter being yesterday, guys. You know, I, I don't even think I told any of you guys about this. I'm just springing it on you. But, you know, uh, what's what's a favorite, your favorite Easter snack? Like the, 
everyone went home and you got it left over in the fridge or you got some left over around the house um, because I know what mine is, but I, I'll, I'll probably go second or third or last or whoever wants to go first, they can, or I'll go. But uh, Vinny, I'll toss it to you because you look like you're still in a bit of an Easter uh, hangover coma. And I have a feeling I know what yours is, but I got to know what's, what's Vinny Parisi's favorite post Easter snack. I actually have one that you might not think I would say. I really like lamb. Oh, like, wow. You took my answer. I love Thank lamb. I was thinking my, that. That's funny. It's on my Mount Rushmore of meat, and I think lamb is outstanding. I love a good lamb chop. If it's cooked the right way, it is one of the best things you can get even outside of Easter. Like nothing's better than a good lamb chop on, you know, on the summer grill. Um, so yeah, I really like lamb and I'll give a special shout out. I really like deviled eggs too. I don't know if you guys I, I have it. deviled eggs on the Easter table, but you know, you oh, mix yeah. in a little relish or mustard or mayo. Um, people make them in all sorts of different ways. I like to add the paprika on top. Um, it's extra funny when you use your colored eggs that the kids made, or if you're me and your mom makes you color eggs, even at 27 years old, because it's a fun little family activity. Um, you know, the, the eggs have a little bit of like a color to them. It's always, you know, even if I'm not eating them, I need to have them in my sight on the Easter table. I look at deviled eggs the way I look at um, cranberries at Thanksgiving. I don't really ever eat the cranberry on Thanksgiving. I'm too busy drowning myself in gravy. and ma- sure. But like I need to have them in my sight. I need to be able to look over to the other side of the table. There they are. That's the same thing with deviled eggs for me. So that's my long-winded answer for you. Dude, first off, I I didn't even I've never actually had lamb on Easter, which I feel like it's a big miss on my part. But I would agree with you, lamb is unbelievable, and I could that's what they need to get at Sox Park. They need that at guaranteed rate. They need to get some sort of lamb. Oh, I can euro. I can enjoy some lamb. I was just thinking about what what about like a euro or like a shawarma cart. We got a campaign. We got a we got a campaign. You know, Justin, Vinny, Zim. To get the White Sox to get some sort of gyro or shawarma in the park, that would even like a pulled lamb on a sandwich, like get creative with it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Their response would be, "Have you guys seen what we have at the ballpark?" And you're complaining. Yeah, we got every literally everything else. We got pierogi. What other baseball stadium has pierogies or like churros or like gourmet deli sandwiches? You guys want lamb? Go complain. Watch, we would somebody else. <laughs> we would start a petition for lamb, and they'd be like, "You know what? We have done everything for these fans. We have given them every food we can think of, and they're complaining it's still not enough. Screw it! Hot dogs, popcorn, cotton candy, we're done." Yeah, they'll they'll call the Cubs or the Red Sox for, you know, some ideas on how to dummy down the food a little bit. <laughs> oh my god! I had to pull up the Emperor <laughs> because that's that's just Jerry laughing. He's like, "You're not getting any lamb." Do <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I put all the money on Love the field. Now you ask for lamb. You know how expensive that is? <laughs> we already paid for Lurie. We already have some foods that baseball fans would consider to be unnatural. Exactly. Yeah, we're going great with the Star Wars stuff today. It's good stuff, kids. All right. Well, uh, bringing it back to the Easter food, which I'm now I'm getting really hungry, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at things. We'll go to our guest. Justin Lee from Bad Guy Radio. What is your favorite post-Easter food? You can also say lamb again, but the, this what else What else you got? Well, you know, uh, thank you, Vinny, for take, taking my answer. I would That's eat right. probably a whole baby lamb 
whole alive if I had the chance. That's how good it tastes. But, mm. you know, to be honest with you guys, uh, my mom's Muslim, so we don't really uh, do the Easter thing. Although I, gotcha. I love to get dressed. Uh, I get dressed up in colorful shirts and khakis slide to other family members' house. But, you know, uh, I don't – I really don't have a clue. Like, the the lamb chops was the coup de gras for me. That was the end-all, be-all. That was my – final answer so uh, i think benny kind of ruined the segment for me so thanks a lot benny talk about lamb cake yeah i I haven't even had lamb cake what's that it's cake that's in the shape of a lamb some people when they decorate them put the face on the wrong side of it what they're kind of (laughs) horrifying because they look like deformed dogs Um, oh my god (laughs) but all right well we'll don't tell peter that yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't eat. You guys want to see a lamb cake live on camera? Yes. You got please. one? Yeah, sure. I actually have one very handy. <laughs> let, me, let me see it. Just, just That's just is your girlfriend bringing you a lamb cake right now, Vinny? Possibly. Is it, this you just you just keep lamb cake around just it, in it's case? De- it's decorated from. How do you still have it together? Is I don't Easter know. a whole here's, week? Here's, here's a lamb How cake. long is Easter? Oh, it smells good. Um, Here's your lamb. (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. Me and this lamb cake. We're just gonna chill. You have to do it. You have to do it to the lamb cake. You go bad guy radio. Bad guy. Welcome to bad guy radio. (laughs) Hey, we invited you, Benny. You you seen Kenwo extended the invite to you to come on the show. That was. uh, Yeah, I'm still waiting for him to hop in my DMs, and he's got to unfollow somebody and follow me back. I'm still waiting for it. So you tell Kenwo he knows how to find me. Oh, yeah, you got to be a part of the Fortune 500. You know, I beg Ken Woe for him to follow me. He's the only guy I've I've actually worked for him to get to follow me. So I'll, I'll put in a word for you, Benny. Trust All me. All right. Well, Ken, Ken follows uh, the South Burbs Hitman account now, for what it's worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, good. I'll take it. It's yeah, baby steps. That's right. Well, well, since since you since you got gypped on the lamb thing, let's go. Let's just go to your favorite thing in the ballpark when you're there. Uh, and it could be nacho helmets. Give me the pork and give me everything else. I would. It'd probably take me about seven minutes to clear a nacho helmet. And I'm not you, even talking about the ice cream. Just give me the taco and the there chips. You go. Do you do the pickled jalapenos? Yes, I'll eat. Like Joe, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like. <laughs> Going into a White Sox game, I already have the munchies from the the pregame. Nice. I'm not going to get into specifics. <laughs> sure, so sure. Probably by the second inning, I'm walking a concourse with Gabe, stopping at probably three or four vendors for sustenance. All right, but the nacho helmet is my go-to. There you go. You, you, our buddy Gabe says bratwurst for him. So, yeah. you know, that, yeah. You can yeah, go wrong with I've anything. I've seen him but... destroy probably about three or four bratwurst in the game. It was amazing. Uh, nacho helmet, though, man. I, you, I could disappear in one of those, no problem. That's that's a great choice. Uh, delicious. All right, Zim. Yes. Do you got a, do you got an Easter post treat? Yeah, um, peeps. For... Really? Yeah, but oh, not peeps. like not not the peeps that are like still in the package like the peeps that you opened on easter morning and you kind of left them out for a day so they're a little crunchy on the outside yeah 
I do the no, exact same no. things. Don't I'm, be don't I, be disgusting, Joe. Don't I, taint my peeps with your hot tamales. These are <laughs> delicious. The exact same thing. That's you haven't tried finish, these, Joe. These are fan fucking tastic. I don't swear on the show. These are delicious. <laughs> yeah, you. But do. are they a day old? <laughs> they are. I opened these yesterday. Look. They yeah. Are. So they're they're probably like perfect right now. They are. I'll eat one right now. I'm not even lying. When I was younger, I used to open my peeps and not even eat them. I would I would just leave them out for a day before I ate them. Just get them a little, you know, aged. <laughs> like a fine wine. Peeps are best when aged. Wow. I, I I'm going to really try that now. I'm just going to leave them out for probably a, a 18 to 24 hours and see what yeah. happens. So, you know how like Lucky Charms marshmallows are, right? Yeah, we're like, how is this still considered a marshmallow? Right. Well, with peeps, if you leave them out for about a day, the outside layer of them gets like Lucky Charms marshmallows. But the inside is still soft and gooey like a regular marshmallow. Ooh. Yeah. It's phenomenal. If there's a sweet spot, you know, somewhere between the one day and the one week mark where like wow. they're they're just at the perfect level of crispiness and chewiness. If you leave a lot of research long, on this. Let me tell you, my mom used to buy me so many peeps when I was a kid that like you had to do experiments or you would never get through all of them. Do they do they do they make peeps any time of the year besides Easter? Probably not, right? Sure. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, they become right. more popular over the years, yeah. I just want they, to know where I could get these hot tamale ones all the time because they I'm are sure you can order them online, man. Yeah, everything is available online now. Oh, yeah, I'm not hitting Amazon for hot tamale peeps, Sam. <laughs> I'm not doing it either. I thought about it because I couldn't find them in the store because I heard they came out this year. But uh -huh. Amazon, you get one package, one of these, it was like $12. I got two packages for $4 at CVS. Yeah. Well, I mean, but some of these distributors, CVS, you know, they still have overstock after the holidays are gone and they got to get rid of this inventory. Oh, I know. I'll be, I'll be scooping in there to get some hot tamale peeps. I'm but. saying they sell them through their online distributors too because they got to keep these things somewhere. They keep them in a warehouse somewhere. Keep it in mind, guys. That's all right. I, I like the, pe oh, I like the, the peeps. Expert Zen. Okay. I didn't know you were such a peeps expert, man. It's good to know. Well, it's, um, it's, it's more, I've done a lot of warehouse work in my day. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of warehouse work. I'm familiar with the warehouse industry through all yes. of my various employment opportunities over the years. Oh, well, yeah, snack Savant over there, huh? Well, that, you know, that leaves me, you know, with when, my, my choice. When you're in Denver, you learn how to be a snack Savant. Joe, you your choice appears to be. I love to have the ham, leftover ham. Not, I don't usually have a full ham like that leftover, but I'm a big fan of leftover ham from Easter. Uh, you know, little bits and pieces. You mix it in with your eggs. You make a little sandwich. Uh, when you get that perfectly tender, juicy ham, just like Homer's looking at right there, um, it just, you know, it literally makes your mouth water. Uh, honorary second mention to the, the, the deviled eggs, like Vinny brought up. Big fan of deviled eggs. Can't go wrong with Easter food in general, but now I really want lamb. So thank you guys. Um, I wish there was a Euro joint open this late at night. I would go get so, some myself. So Slice here's in my tip. neighborhood. We got a couple that stay open till three a.m. Oh, there you go. I wish. I wish. I, I thought you were taking that. the headphones off to go right now. <laughs> See ya. I gotta drop the Addy. 
That's right. Now here's a tip for you, right? Take those day old peeps, right? And when you put your ham or your lamb in the microwave or the oven to heat it up, put a couple peeps on top. Just uh, see see how that goes. There you go. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, honey glaze ham. Why not peep glaze ham? That's all I'm saying. Honey glaze peeps. Yeah, anything can happen. But guys, we've hit the finish line of our show. We just hit the two hour mark. We've had a lot of fun this entire show. And uh, we would be remiss if we didn't get a chance to thank our special guest, Justin Lee from bad guy radio for hanging out with us all night long, Justin, huge. Thank you. And then, you know, before we wrap things up here, uh, why don't you give us a little bit uh, about some of the shows you have coming up a little plug for, for what you got going on. And then after that's all done, give us some shout outs uh, heading into the weekend or the week, man. Uh, like I said, bros, I- I cleared the whole schedule for tonight. Like I was super excited. I seen Vinny on opening day. I walked up to him like he was a fucking celebrity. I'm sorry for the (laughs) profanity. Uh, You know, you guys talk about the minutia of baseball. Like we didn't get into too much of the numbers. We got into the players themselves. That's what we do on bad guy radio. Uh, Shout out to Ken WO King Mac and junior. Like those are, those are my guys to keep me, on the you know the the good path and to come on you guys show and regurgitate some of the stuff that we talk about on bad guy radio i think the next show that we have we record on wednesdays it just so happened to be 420 so hopefully i can be a chimp <laughs> i'm gonna be a chimney on the mic okay it's gonna be like a snoop dog music video all right huh. um once again thank you guys so much nice to uh speak with you uh zim Vinny, Jojo, thanks for having me. Gabe told me everything about you guys, and you guys lived up to it tonight. Gonzo, my right-hand man, I love that guy. I'm just so happy to be here. Thanks for having me tonight. Hey, man, no, no problem at all. It's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Always, always fun, and we'll, we'll definitely do it again at some point uh, and get some big wins from the White Sox this week, hopefully. But. You know, now that we're in the shout-out portion of our show, why don't I toss it over to Vinny Parisi. Vinny, what do you got for shout-outs and last thoughts before we get out of here? My last thoughts are that the White Sox are going to have a really good week against two division rivals. Hopefully the weather is nice over in the east for Cleveland and up north in Minnesota. I was wrong. They are in Minnesota next weekend, but it's supposed to be really warm there next weekend too. So hopefully some nice weather helps those guys in terms of their offense, um, for my shout outs, I'll go with my girlfriend, Caitlin, who made this delicious looking ham. You know, we're going to eat it. That's um, a ham? Or lamb, lamb. I meant to say lamb. Lamb, <laughs> lamb cake. A lamb Jake cake. Lamb? Yeah, yeah, Jake Lamb. Shout out to his couple home runs that came up clutch last year. And then, you know, Justin, I'll shout out you. It was nice to meet you in person at the home opener. I know it was really congested and crowded, so it wasn't the most proper of times, but it was good to have you on the show. And I had a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Always good stuff. Zim, what do you got for shout-outs, brother? Well, we got to shout-out the guest, right? I feel like it's just courtesy. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly, <laughs> it was great to have you on tonight, Justin. Uh, I know that you're a Yasmani Grandal guy. We'll have to have you on again so you and I can have it out about that. He has done a lot this year that I'm going to dig into sometime on a future podcast to really uh, improve some of his play. But I still think that there's room to improve, and I think that Reese McGuire has only proven that point. So, oh yeah, 
we'll uh i'm sure we'll get into that on a future date either either we'll have you back or i'll come on there i i don't know if you guys want me on there i shouldn't invite myself like that but we'll slide in the dm <laughs> don't worry about that all right man well thank you again for coming on though and uh shout outs to i don't know anybody and everybody listening out there tonight or tomorrow go. on the podcast the you chat know? room the chat room was very active tonight man that's, that's chat room great. was fun you know G- gabe's been in there lighting us up all night shout out to gabe for sure for that uh we appreciate all the comments we appreciate everybody who watches and listens because this show would be pointless if nobody watched or listened to it so you know thanks for giving us a reason to have a show <laughs> amen to that so great stuff there zim uh, I'll, I'll lead things off before I do the shout outs. I will tease our guest for next week, a week from today. We have Brian Knights joining the show, the winner of the one Oh eight tourney. Uh, that the is going to be a, yeah, the champ is joining us next week on the 25th of April. Uh, that's going to be a, a bonkers show. This week was great. And next week's going to be great too. So the hits keep on coming. The guests keep on coming and we're having fun every single week here on South Burbs Hitmen. In regards to shout-outs, huge shout-out to Justin and all the guys at Bad Guy Radio. Thank you, Justin, for coming on the show tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter, at the Bad Guy Radio, and Justin's tag. I'm trying to make sure. It's at Pantera underscore Anka6. Make sure Beautiful. You go. Yes, I, 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 I channeled my inner Spanish class from high school there. Uh, <laughs> um, so make sure you go give him a follow and all the guys at Bad Guy Radio. And, uh, of course, I want to give a shout-out to all my co-hosts here, Zim, Vinny, and uh, Gonzo, who, although he's in town, he's he's in town for a funeral, unfortunately. So we're sending you prayers there, Gonzo. But a uh, huge shout-out for still doing White Sox Weekly for us and uh, being here in the chat room with us in spirit. All good stuff, man. So uh, we love you, Gonzo. And big shout-out to my beautiful wife, Catherine, uh, my three-month-old daughter, Audrey, and my two-year-old Great Dane, Maverick. Uh, love you guys. Life is great. And a massive shout out to the chat room. You guys always bring it every single week. And we couldn't do this without you. Uh, make sure you tune into all the other great shows on the Barroom Network this week. Vinny's got two other shows this week. He's got Crosstown Crosstalk and Bar Down Blackhawks. He's going to get it every week talking all baseball, talking hockey. You name it, Vinny's talking about it. You got Dan and Aldo Bear, their souls. Uh, Greg Gabriel was on earlier today talking Bears football. The Mike North Advantage. Uh, the double A team was on earlier before us. All great shows on the Barroom Network. Make sure you give us uh, sub- hit that subscribe button or follow us on Twitter or check it out wherever podcasts are found. Same thing with Bad Guy Radio. And then, um, of course, a major shout out to Aldo Gandia, the man behind the scenes, the barkeeper, the man who lets us do what we do every single week. So, Aldo, thank you. And uh, that's all I got in terms of shout outs for the South Burbs Hitmen. And Justin from Bad Guy Radio. I am Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi with the cake over there. You got Steven Zim Zimmerman, the master of the peeps. And Justin from Bad Guy Radio. We've been here with you. We kicked ass. We talked White Sox baseball. And we're going to do it all again next week. But in the meantime, let's go get some wins. Let's kick some division rival ass. And we will see you guys next week. Go White Sox. Put it on the board. Let's put this show in the bag. We'll see you guys next week.